listening to Resist and Restore, a podcast from the Circle of Hope Pastors where we're extending the table of our dialogue. I'm Johnny Rashid. I'm Rachel Sensenig. I'm Julie Hoke. And I'm Ben White. It's a special episode that we have for you today. Why? Because you'll get all four pastors talking to one another about a very special Christian holiday called Pentecost. We'll t- Pentecost! <laughs> you gotta say it like that. And we'll tell you all about why we like it. But first, we're going to start with some talkback. Julie's going to lead it. We, we got this very nice letter from one of our people, and Julie's going to share a portion of that with us as we, um, and then we're going to talk back to it and reflect upon it. Does that sound okay, Julie? <laughs> yeah, you, you just did the intro. That's the segment right there. <laughs> um, we, we welcome your feedback, and it was great to get an email this week, um, or this past episode from my friend Rebecca. She's also a the leader of our capacity core team. Uh, and she is really good at that. She's mm-hmm. amazing. I just have to say. <laughs> On many levels, boss. yes. Yep. Um, but uh, she's also, you know, this deep thinker and feeler and she offered this reflection after our last podcast. I'm just going to share a portion of it with you, and then we can talk about it. Uh, she said, I think white supremacy and its perfectionist culture has taught me to live in that not enough zone and made me fragile to making mistakes. Before listening uh, to the, to the uh, episode... She said, in taking responsibility for some of the mistakes I've made, which requires a reckoning with the ugliness inside of me, I was left with feelings of emptiness. If I wasn't right, then who was I? Perfectionism taught me that infallibility was my essence. What a lie. Am I an infallible God or something? Hmm. Finding what is true and human about myself, mistakes and all, connects me to the humanity of others. Mm. Am I an infallible God or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all need we we need to all need to put that on our mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, I, I can. And I like I like the kind of exclamation of it too. It's not instead of like you're not an infallible God because that's like another kind of perfectionism. Like you like you're wrong, you dumb person who thinks you're God. It's not that. It's like. It's this kind of like flabbergasted, how could I believe this kind of thing? Am mm-hmm. I? No, I'm not that. No. I, that's the energy that I got from her about it. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I I really connect to it as a one on the Enneagram. I kind of live in that zone where like I'm, I'm a worthless failure if I mess up. And so Jesus, like Jesus, the, the fact that I belong to Jesus saves me continually from that, from that like inevitability that I'm a worthless failure if I mess up. Um, because I'm, I, I, so like being beloved by God is like everything to me. And, and I, you could put that on your mirror too. Yeah, I being did. Beloved by God is everything. I did tattoo it in, on my arm so that oh, I, that's right. <laughs> so that as I yeah. keep messing up, even better, I can keep leaning in there. And, and I just find so much comfort in like, look, look at the gospels and who Jesus hangs out with. They are, they are the people that know that they need something. They're the, the lonely, the rejected, um, that's the people who are with Jesus. So I, I want, I want to be, I'm definitely at that table. I think that dealing with the ugliness, um, inside of us takes, um, 
or the, let, let's say not maybe let's say not dealing with the ugliness inside of us takes a lot of the wind out of our sails in trying to address this. And and Johnny was saying this on the podcast too, and Rebecca pointed it out in another part of the email was that when we don't reckon with the the stuff inside of us um, that blocks us up. Uh, something that we're talking a lot about in Circle of Hope right now, for example, is like is white supremacy. When we don't let that um, come up to the surface instead of driving us around from way down below, uh, we get uh, we 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 react. Yeah, we're always uh, defending. When, when, when we make mistakes, we're 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 defending something much deeper than just the mistake itself because it's about our self worth. Mm-hmm. And hitching your hitching your worth to your whiteness is a is a is just the is one of the biggest problems de jure that we're trying to reckon with, but that type of deep seated stuff, you know, one of the reasons to work on white supremacy is, is it's just one of those things that's lodged below the surface, and we need to be good at uh, digging if we're Christians, because totally. we're we're working on dying to ourselves in in all aspects. So one reason to get down with this cause, y'all, is uh, white people. I'm talking to really um, one reason to get down with. Uh, fighting white supremacy is because you want to be a Christian and you want to be able to address these things. And this is one of the things that is deep down in there uh, that, that you can't see and requires faith and persistence and relationship and hope and trust. It's it's a great project for your spiritual development. Mm-hmm. So join up if you're not already. <laughs> and and if we if we do move around in our sense of not enoughness all the time, it's really hard to get to take in the feedback when we cause harm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we do need to go to Jesus all the time to to reorganize how we think about ourselves and where our foundation is so that we can take in the feedback when we cause harm and take responsibility and work to confess and repent and repair. Um, but when we do that, we get freed up. And Rebecca yep. specifically has been just such a valuable partner and, and leader in the church because she shares her journey um, mm-hmm. freely. And that has helped. She's me. doing it right here in this email. Yep, yeah. yep that yeah. has helped me along too. We're putting mm-hmm. her on blast. You just came up with another mirror writing, Julie, was a go to Jesus all the time. <laughs> I just got, we're, we're dropping these one-liners that could all be mantras. Can I add something? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, you haven't really gotten in here yet. Please. I've been spending more time in the book of Galatians lately, and the problem that Paul, the Apostle Paul is confronting in Galatians is he's trying to get this new community to embrace grace and freedom and faith as an um, entrance into salvation and not following the law, which he calls a custodian or a mediator in Galatians chapter 3. When we want to be perfectionistic, we're still beholden to that old way of doing things because things have to be perfectly sorted. The gift of the cross is not perfection after faith and after grace. It's freedom to be who you are as you are, and to and to and to grow closer to God without any condemnation. That 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 mm-hmm. I think that that movement 
is really what our faith is about. So the gift you get isn't being perfect. It's being saved despite not being perfect. It's freedom. It's faith. It's grace. And so you're still holding to this old standard if you always need to be sorted perfectly. And then you end up condemning yourself. That condemnation only comes from an expectation to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then once you lose that expectation, which God doesn't have of you, yes, then you can pursue perfection just as your heavenly Father is perfect, right? There's a whole different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And the perfection that we pursue then requires this ongoing vulnerability and humility, like Rebecca is is demonstrating, because it's it's a it's a journey of continuing to open to the love of God. Thanks for talking back, Rebecca. I hope that the rest of you will offer your thoughts too. It it keeps us talking and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, email us at resistandrestorepodcast at circleofhope.net. I'm so glad you're listening to our podcast and you're part of our greater community. It's good to connect with you, and I hope that you will help others connect to us. Two ways you can do that is by sharing money with us. Go to circleofhope.net slash sharing to do that. And then share this podcast on your social. Also give it a positive review wherever you listen to it, and that'll help more people listen to our podcast. You can keep up to date with all the stuff we're doing at circleofhope.church. Can I say that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) We're launching our new website, circleofhope.church. On Pentecost. So that's coming up this Sunday. We have a new website for you with all, all the things that connect, to, connect you to our community. So be sure, go to that website when it launches. Thanks again for listening. So pastors, I have to talk to you about this. I have a problem. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared. I go to the home. I go to Lowe's a lot um, because I, I, I'm in the pandemic, I've gotten into fixing my house. And now that we're moving out of the pandemic, I'm not stopping doing that. And one of my favorite things when I go is I get to know what holiday is coming up because they have like <laughs> big things that are lit up to go on your lawn. For every holiday, for every holiday. light it up for every it's, single one. Halloween in August, Christmas in October, Easter in February. It's all, it's, it's like that. But the lights, the lights and the blow up stuff have increased for every holiday. Like, there were lots of Halloween lights last year. Mm -hmm. So, yes. But my issue is we have a holiday in our tradition that is oriented around fire and lighting things. But there's no Pentecost blimp at Home Depot. (laughs) You know, there's nothing like that. And it's not, it's not, it hasn't gone like mainstream yet. And I don't think the church cares about it enough. So yeah, it's that? way too underplayed. I would like a history of why Pentecost didn't get appropriated by the Empire. <laughs> I mean, Thank maybe God it didn't, didn't line up to any pagan holidays. <laughs> Wait, Julie, you don't think you, you don't want you don't want commercialized Pentecost? No, it's 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 just as bad, maybe worse than uh, missing the significance. It will it will just take the significance and twist it into a whole commercialized enterprise. Yes, but the festival is fun. You know, it adds it adds a something because all these all these holidays that are commercialized they started as a community event. You know, like Easter was a big deal because the whole the whole community was celebrating in Europe was celebrating uh, the resurrection. You know, that was happening, and then but then we stopped believing in the resurrection and just li- we liked the candy part. 
and same same with Christ, same with Christmas. And so there's like a I'm gonna say it. There's a culture war about Christmas now about keeping Christ in Christmas. <laughs> so, this is like more of a '90s thing, but you guys remember like X, you're Xing out Christmas. Don't say don't write Xmas. Yeah, <laughs> even though the Greek letter for in Christ. Yeah, is exactly. X, right? So so. Johnny, you want to put the Holy Spirit back in Pentecost? What would that no, look I like? I want to put Lowe's. Keep the I, Holy I, Spirit you, in Pentecost. If you're asking me, I want to put Lowe's back in Pentecost. Like, that's, oh, no. I, I'm not. I, Julie, Julie's a better Christian than I am, but I'm, I'm a shallow kind of person. So the cultural <laughs> reminders help me to engage, you know, and at least give me an opportunity to talk about it. Like the hope of spring during Easter. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? I really know the hope. You know, the joy of Christmas. Oh, I know the author of hope. The fire of Pentecost, I know the Holy Spirit. I want those cultural um, symbols so that I can evangelize. Yeah, but do bad? you think, I mean, the, 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 if, if, we're, if we're honest, the evaluation, I think, you know, there's certainly, this is debatable, but I, 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 I'm going to be honest and kind of side with Julie now that the, that the, I don't know if it has been like a, a net gain to to have this, these commercialized holidays. <laughs> right. For the faith, you know, like I, I think it, it, uh. I don't know though. Maybe, I don't know. I would say most people agree with you about that. Most Christians. Well, but they might be they might be wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure. But well, we we are trying to get our hands on some, some sparklers to celebrate Pentecost in our in our Sunday morning meetings. I don't know if we can find a, enough of them around the region, but that would be a that would be a symbol. Bring some. We got to get sparkly. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I want Pente- Pentecost displays like, you know, the pre memorial like all- I just want to extend the fireworks season, honestly. And uh, <laughs> Pentecost is one of those shifty holidays because it's the same as it's the same on the lunar lunar calendar. It's 50 days after Easter. That's what the Penta in Pentecost is. And uh, so it changes. So sometimes it like it even is Memorial Day weekend. It'd be nice to just be able to get the Pentecost sparklers on the corner here. Uh, in Germantown. Yeah, yo, we got there. We have to have sparklers right now because it's Pentecost. <laughs> Wait, like, of course. Do you have sparklers on your corner, Julie? No, uh, but you know, like the when Fourth of July, Fourth of July, they do. Like in a shopping they cart, should, you know, mm. the guy selling stuff. Right, at, right. You know, walking around. Right now, I can get an iguana at the corner. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've seen those guys. Oh, actually, right there on Pulaski. Yep. And uh, whatever right. that street is. Yep. I have seen those guys. There's, they have little containers, containers of, of, of iguanas. Anyway, back to Pentecost. <laughs> Maybe we can read the story. Oh, that's a good okay, idea. Let's get to the story to see how the yeah. You might not know what the Pentecost story even is, and we should we want we want you to because this is like going to be a Lowe's holiday. In case you're setting up the Lowe's display, here's what you need to do to it. Where should we start? Acts two. Well, it's a big chapter, so just the beginning. Um. Oh, just you the know beginning. the wind coming through and the and the, oh. the, the speaking in tongues and then that's it really the the pouring the, out into and the streets. Flood, they flood out into the streets that go that far. So it's probably like I don't know. Sit in tight, y'all. All right, this is go. a real. I'm going to get to the end too. By the way, when Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be an individual. Flames, what they saw, what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting that's a good word, alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. 
When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the, in the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the mighty words of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood up, stood with the, 11, uh, with the other 11 apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's where I'm going to end it. <laughs> no, you got to keep going. If you want that long, go to Rachel's prophecy. Go to Rachel's favorite part. Keep right. going. Rather, this was spoken. This was this was what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, "I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above, and and signs." On earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the, <laughs> before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on my name, the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites. Oh, he's idiot. Oh, wow. <laughs> listen to these Let's words. Just, just keep reading. Just keep going. Jesus Go all the, way to the Nazarene was a man whose credentials... God proved to you through miracles, wonders, and signs, which God performed through him among you. You yourselves know this. And death could not hold him. Yeah, then it keeps going. You, you do just want to keep going. And we really are kind of an axe to people. So like we, we're all like on, on bated breath when, when he's reading this. Like, oh, hold on, but the next part's really good. Oh, but the next part. And then actually, I, I said, go all the way to 42. Because at the end, the community that-, that Let's read that, 42. That, go ahead. That forms in No, well, we don't have to get to all of it. They'll, they'll, they can read oh, it. Oh, but it's so good. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> Johnny. We, go ahead. We've, I don't know. We've already read so much Bible. But I'll, okay, I'll submit. It's my favorite part. This is what happens to the community that's gathered from the diaspora all over the area. They're gathered to Jerusalem that's like to the worship. People all spread out. Yeah, they're all spread the out, diaspora. speaking different languages. You heard the laundry list, right, of the of the of the places they're coming from. They're all together, and then they form this community. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to the shared meals, to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared foods with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who are being saved. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. One of the reasons that's my favorite is because right there, that part, they, they gathered in the temple and in their homes. And that's kind of like our whole thing in Circle of Hope. We gather publicly in our Sunday thing, but it's not just a Sunday thing. We're a 24-7 body, and we make that true in our homes uh, via Zoom a lot now, but we're getting back into people's backyards now uh, in our cells. So, like, 
the the community that forms out of this really informs who we are as Circle of Hope, and 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 really we we're always trying to set ourselves up to be, um, you know, we're, we're we're ambitious people, and and we really have goals that are very impractical that 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 do not work if the Holy Spirit isn't alive among us, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Love it, love it. Yeah, when you when you first started reading Johnny, um, the, you know the sound of the rushing wind coming through the house. I would, my first thought was, this is so much better than Santa than waiting for Santa Claus like on the night before Christmas. Like, and then and then I just want to pause on the word filled there when there th- that just struck me. It, it like. In contrast to our conversation about the not enoughness, like, can you imagine, like, being filled is so, um, you know, it's it's so different from this, like, constant longing, this not enoughness, this this hunger, you know, in, in us that never goes away. It's so be it's it's something God does that it is beyond that to be filled by God in a way that connects us to each other. It's it just sounds like the best thing in the world. Mm. And the context for this is that they were, they were hiding. Like they, they were waiting mm-hmm. in Jerusalem because Jesus told them to do that. But, but they were also hiding out in the upper room. They were yeah, being in Jerusalem was a dangerous place because that's where they just killed their leader. Yes. Yes. So they didn't know. They're, you know, they were probably afraid for what what could happen to them as followers of Jesus. They were uncertain about what was ahead. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them weren't, they didn't even, they were gathered there. um, And many of the Jews didn't even know who Jesus was. They get converted right when Peter is giving them this message. You know, they're, they're, they're still, something's happening here. There's a movement happening. And the spirit, the God, God's spirit comes to earth and, and then a revolution starts, right? This is the birthday of the church, we say. This is when the movement really gets going. Um, I think it's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. All the other people were gathered in Jerusalem for the festival, yeah. right? The, the festival of, what was it? Like the gathering festival. For Pentecost, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a pre-existent Jewish holiday about the harvest. I was talking about the disciples that, yes. that were waiting. Wait, say more. Like, they, they were there for another reason? Oh, you, oh you're saying, so the disciples that are waiting because Jesus told them to, but the rest of the people are there because they're there for the festival. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What I love about the story is, in Acts 1, Jesus, this happens last Thursday, right? Jesus ascends. He leaves Earth, and this, I mean, Christianity is so unique, right? God comes to Earth, and then God doesn't send a messenger. God, God's self comes to Earth, and then dies, and then resurrects. And then what happens after isn't Jesus's return and the reign of the kingdom of God beginning. What happens is the Holy Spirit comes, distributed on individual flames, on all these people, and God's spirit spreads through the community. And then what forms is this diverse community speaking different languages, and then they form what I would call a radically um, egalitarian community. What, what they're doing is just a, is a revolution. It's, it's just incredible that the spirit of God descending creates what I think of as a whole new way of having faith and following God. 
and they share everything in common. How unusual is this? That the fruit of the of the of the Holy Spirit is just a new way of living on earth to demonstrate the wonders and signs of God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people people that don't know too much about Pentecost that are listening, they've heard the word Pentecostal. And, oh, it, yes. and that, that kind of has this, this sense of ecstatic expressions that, um, that people are having, you know, pe- people coming out, you know, and I, and I want to highlight that because they don't know what's going on. Like I was really struck when you said, Julie, just now that, you know, they were probably scared, um, you know, they, they were in hiding, um, even though Jesus had already risen from the dead, uh, they don't yet. You know, it's not like that has sunk in and now they're not afraid of death or something. Like that's the like that's what that's what you should do in response to the resurrection is not be not be afraid of death. Like nothing like this is this is happening on a too deep for words level. It's happening really fast. It's happening like sporadically and unpredictably, these kind of ecstatic moments. Like the, this joy just you know, this filling mm-hmm. that Rachel's talking about. You know, it it's like it's happening, but it's not like all sinking into their heads and they have some theory about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wildfire. Right. Um, my friend Dan actually wrote a song, you know, and then a wildfire grew. I love that song. It's a good song. We have a couple of really good songs about Pentecost, y'all, and there aren't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you know, it's it's this, this ecstatic thing, which I think is really helpful if you're kind of getting into this for the first time um, in that it's, it's also erratic and unpredictable. This isn't something you control. Like that the point of Pentecost is you are not in control and you don't have to be. Yes. We live in this, you know, we were talking again, we were talking about perfectionism before with Rebecca leading us. And the one response to that is to is submission to the power of the spirit and to to put yourself up to tasks that are impossible without God. Mm-hmm. Um and to fail at them for a long time until the breakthrough happens. <laughs> you know, to persist, to have that kind of resilience that, you know, yeah, we're doing really hard things. And your life is really hard no matter what no matter what your life is like. Yes, your life is hard enough. It's hard enough to need the spirit. And uh the fact that it's not just some bliss fest in your life is normal. Mm-hmm. This is an this is an extraordinary moment, and God shows up in extraordinary ways, and people start acting on right. their in, the influence of the Spirit without totally understanding it. Yes. and so you don't have to either. Just start moving, start doing stuff like this, and see what happens. And mm-hmm. to the church too, keep demonstrating these acts. What the what the apostles do? The book is literally called the Acts of the Apostles. They do things. They express the gospel out of their hearts, out of their minds, and into the world in real ways, touching real people's life. And when the church does that, I think the Lord adds to its number daily, as it were. I think that's how you have a movement where Christians actually have an impact. And some of them are miraculous. Some of them are uh, material. But these things actually work. The, you, we, when we demonstrate with conviction our transformation in the streets, in the public— I think things really change, and I think mm-hmm. people really want to follow God. So I hope more Christians can enter into that Pentecostal energy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you guys are highlighting that it's not like an escapist, ecstatic experience or feeling or something. I, I think it it kind of gets 
put in that that camp um, when we talk about things we can't describe or something. But but actually being filled by God, this openness to what God is doing is a like gives us love and courage to engage, to move toward one another, to move into the world and like get knee get knee deep in 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 the problems and the pain and the the spaces that need the miraculous i think i think that's what the spirit is enabling us to do together and you don't have to feel it all the time is what i'm trying to get at like mm-hmm. like i'm i'm thinking ecstasy is a is a moment you know like i think i think people have a sense of this feeling whether they've whether they've identified it as the holy spirit or not yes like our our culture does chase joy sometimes in counterfeit forms that are just about your desires um but your desires are part of that filling you know you, the the things that you need and want are satisfied in this experience with god that they're having and that rachel's describing that that that, that allows you to move forward in that courage but sometimes you you know you move forward just because that's what we're doing, um, and 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 there's a there's a kind of uh, there's an inertia, there's a decision that you made. I'm gonna do the thing, you know, um, even when I'm not feeling it because I have felt it. And I would encourage everyone that's listening to remember a time, you know, when you had that sense of, you know, connection. You know, and it might have just been a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm my my quintessential uh, one that comes to mind for this is this uh, song by Sting. I'm so happy I can't stop crying. And uh, uh, yeah. he said, he said, I mean, I just listened to that the other, the other day while I was doing dishes and I cried, you know, it's one of, it's like one of my heart songs, but he says, um, he says like, uh, you know, the, the resolution of the song, he's saying like, I, I went out in the, I went out and looked at the stars and, um, and I, you know, I, I, de- I gave the stars meaning, you know, to, that, that correspond to my story. And I said, and, and something, you know, I started to feel better. Something about the universe and how it's all connected, you know. Like that's not my story, but Sting had a, an experience of the filling that Rachel is describing, and if we can identify that as a, a Holy Spirit movement and and encourage people to move in that kind of, in those kinds of directions, um, I, I think that there's a they know that people know what it feels like, mm-hmm. um, and they can find the source of it in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit opens the door to that. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, like in Sting. Yeah. <laughs> For example. Johnny made a Johnny made a poster one time saying, You know holy. You know, yeah. you already know what this feeling or experience of holy is. You know what that's about already. I, I think we do. I really do think we do. And this is the beginning of it. Yeah. Could we that's... could I and go go ahead, Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Well, I was gonna say the Pentecost is, is we celebrate it because we need to be reminded of, um, the beginning of it. Like you, like you're saying, Ben, we need to be reminded that we're, we're still in it. Like the Jewish people associated the outpouring of the spirit with the end of the age. So they were Mm -hmm. living in this urgency of, uh, uh, of of the the power of God being initiated like through the resurrection of Jesus and now in them and they had to live it out 
And so we celebrate Pentecost because we need to remember we are those people. We have to live it out. We, we are not subsumed by the power of the powers of the world. We're given the power mm-hmm. of God that is being, you know, unleashed. It's being, um, it was inaugurated in Jesus, and and now we, we can live in that power through the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that's why it gets that's why it gets so metal at the end of the section that Johnny read, where the blood is the, the moon is turned to blood, like it's a total shift. It's apocalyptic. It's the end of the age, like you said. Like everything is upside effing down, <laughs> and and it, it's that kind of it, it's that kind of reorientation that. We live in now, and it's so easy to forget, and that's why it shouldn't be a Lowe's holiday. Full circle, we win, Julie. <laughs> John, but John's going to say something. Yeah, and then, Johnny, could I end with the words of this song that Julie sang one time? Yeah, sure. I don't have a lot to add to this. I, I think that the reason that the community, they were gathered for a specific reason, and they had some urgency about doing something, and... They were, they were seeing acts done, and then they were on the move. They were doing something. And I think that, to your point, um, too often we lack that urgency and that, um, that um, rush to do something because we're, we might just be happy with whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. But there's actually a mission to be on. There's actually something to do. The church should be moving us. Um, and I think that activates a lot of people. Um, of course... I would love to uh, appropriate the Fourth of July fireworks with Pentecost still. So I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in that. You know, Pentecost can happen as late as June thirteenth. So I think that there, I could, I that's not, a, that's not a big leap here. So I'm still going for that. But Rachel, you could end us. I, I'm with you, Johnny. We could just re- replace that holiday. Um, Okay, here's a Pentecost prayer. This is kind of like a welcoming prayer toward that movement that Johnny is talking about. O holy dove of God descending, you are the love that knows no ending. All of our shattered dreams you're mending, spirit now live in me. O holy wind of God now blowing, you are the seed that God is sowing. You are the life that starts us growing, spirit now live in me. O holy rain of God now falling, you make the word of God enthralling. You are that inner voice now calling, spirit now live in me. O holy flame of God now burning, you are the power of Christ returning. You are the answer to our yearning. Spirit, now live in me. Amen. Amen. So I just have to tell you this, this Sunday is Pentecost, so join us online at circleofhope.net slash online meetings, or join one of our outdoor meetings this Sunday. You can find that also on our website. Pastors, let's close with some spiritual show-and-tell. What's been nourishing your soul this week? Well, I was singing Lost in the Woods by Kristoff. That's a great, that's a great song. <laughs> I don't know the actual uh, singer that sings it in Frozen 2, but uh, I was singing it on Smule. However you say that. Do you guys know this karaoke app, mm-hmm, Smule? Mm-hmm. My niece sang, sang a, a, a song uh, in Frozen. And she nailed it. She killed it. And so I hopped on there too. This this is my favorite song in the um, 
in the movie Frozen 2, Kristoff is stuck in the woods and uh, his uh, his love, um, Princess Anna, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's off saving the day somewhere and he's just left behind, which is a perfect reversal um, that I'm so glad Disney would, would, would do in 2020 or whenever this movie came out. And that's the part that got me because I'm, you know, and, and it, it, it's actually music. It's singing. It's not just, it's not just Christoph's song is that, that I actually sang it. So I'm singing this song um, that I don't really know that well, but I wanted to give it to, to my niece and, and sing back to her a, a, a Frozen 2 song. And so I'm singing and I'm learning this song and music is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it, it moved me. And I remembered what, what happens. So what, you know, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, he, 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 he realizes in the song that he's really nothing without her. That's the point of the song. It's like, I, I'm recognizing my, my, my personhood's dependence on you. I love you so much that I'm willing to be lost in the woods until essentially you come find me. And, and I, 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 I love the, the, the female empowerment there. And then the, what really got me, I was like hitting some note and I remembered what, what he says when, he get, when they are finally reunited at the climax of the movie. Kristoff's come rolling up and he says to Anna, I'm here. What do you need? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting verklempt right now saying that. Like, mm-hmm. I need I need to say that to all the women in my life. I need definitely to say it to my niece um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here for you, whatever you say. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ben, you got me crying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, you know, there, I, there's some hope in that when Disney says that. Um, and, um, you know, we're just saying that the, the sons and daughters will prophesy maybe Disney will a little bit too, even though they're totally selling it. You know, the, the, the losification of female empowerment in Frozen 2 is problematic. <laughs> Do you get what I say by losification? Mm-hmm. You know, it's Disneyfication is the same thing, but it's still true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, I have like this tenuous hope that, Men could be better. Wow, you just redeemed Frozen 2 for me, Ben. It's not my favorite movie. <laughs> okay, side note, if you if Elsa is singing to her true self in Christ, it all works. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> That's how I took it. <laughs> um, well, what's nourishing my soul this week uh, came through... Um, one of our writers for the Daily Prayer, the Water Blog, uh, is leading us through art this week, I'm leading us to pray through art and scripture. And today's entry um, is a, a piece by Kita Kulwitz um, from 1919. She was an artist in Germany during World War I and World War II, and her son in this picture that she drew was killed at the age of 18 during combat. And um, the writer's just talking about a mother's grief and how how this image can tap, help us tap into it. Mm. Um, and she, the, in, in the way she's drawn this, uh, this image you can see in the tight sense of being with others while they all mourn. And experience the shock of war, and that touched me deeply as I uh, was just tapping into my own grief about um, 
this war against the virus that we have all been in and mm. um, the the tight sense of being with others. Um, I'm, it just keeps me thinking about the, the ways that we need to grieve um, together and individually. Uh, and this, this entry helped me because the suggestions for action, uh, she's leading us to respond um, and, and let God speak to us through the weight of the arms of the women in the, in the mm. picture. Um, it, it's such a powerful image. It, it really is. It really is. And there's so many who have lost. Um, I, I was also just thinking about the, the mothers who have lost their children to gun violence, um, mm. not just mm-hmm. during this year. But anyway, so it was just bringing up all that grief for me. And I was grateful that an image could do that and that uh, it, leads, it leads me to prayer and action. Yeah, check it out. We'll we'll link it in the show notes. It's such a you, know, you got to see it. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking over there, Johnny? I wish I could give you the content for this, but I think you have to make the content for it. Um, what's been nourishing my soul is my relationships with LGBTQIA Christians, who I think um, that they profess faith in Jesus in the Christian Church is like a miracle because there's so much in their way in our history. Um, mm-hmm. And that really inspires me. That really gives me, uh, that really boosts my faith too. Because if they can overcome all the prejudice and oppression and then find a way close to God, that really means something. You know, that, that personal experience and that, um, that, that movement to follow Jesus is meaningful and it matters. And it can overcome all sorts of barriers. And so... This week in Circle of Hope, we've been talking more about it, but I am, uh, that's where I find courage. Um, and I'm so grateful that they have a place to be and a place to uh, feel safe and, and to worship. And I'm uh, repentant of how the church hasn't always created that, and I'm convicted to keep trying to do that, um, to, to make a space for them to follow Jesus. So I'm inspired, I'm encouraged, and my, my, and my faith grows just because I'm seeing it expressed in other ways. And that's just a, that's, a, that's a good reason to be in community and to relate to people, because it's a lot easier, I think, to follow Jesus in a context and in a body than to do it on your own. So that's true for me. But I think that's also true for LGBTQIA Christians. You know, find a community that embraces you. And I think that your, uh, your faith, the fire of your faith will be uh, kindled and will stay warm. Yes. I'm seeing that Jesus in the TV series, The Chosen. The Chosen. (laughs) So good. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I missed it until now. Um, But it's the G that the G I've never seen on a TV show or movie, um, a representation of Jesus that resonates so deeply um, with me personally and the movement of, of what he's doing in the world as he gathers his disciples and all their stories are connected. But last night I just got to the one, um, with the woman at the well and, and the, his message to her is so life changing. I mean, she literally like leaps 
she's like leaping as she as she runs away to tell everybody what Jesus has has done for her, which is like to see her and to to understand her and to give her this hope that her life is um, going to expand beyond um, all that all that she's been limited by and ashamed of and and um, held down by in, in society and even in religion he's he's kind of he's kind of um, blowing that up with his presence and his love. So I highly recommend so yes, the chosen. Okay, I just downloaded the app, okay? <gasps> that is a Pentecost miracle. We've been like trying. Like the fireworks. Right. We have been trying to get Johnny to watch this show. Excellent. I, I will tell you next time if it nourishes my soul, okay? <laughs> okay, oh that's, that's the next episode. But we, we, I'm so glad you've been with us here today. And our prayer for ourselves and, and for each of you is that God would nourish your soul. Maybe it could even happen on Pentecost, but certainly in the days ahead that you would know that God sees you and um, that God's loving presence would fill you. 